comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. What's up? <laughs> out now is a film podcast as Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in the latest discussion about movie trailers, box office results, and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 55, and we have the Avengers this week. This, this is an episode here, Abe. This is, we got the Avengers. <laughs> <This has> been, <laughs> Years in the making, and um, so yeah, it is. We've assembled quite the group here. So let's uh, introduce who we have. We have um, writer, editor, and creator of WhySoBlue.com, and the owner and operator of his own helicarrier, Ryan White. <laughs> hey, Aaron, how you doing? Doing well. And we have writer for Fast Film Reviews and a man with hilariously unbalanced and uncontrollable anger management issues, Mark Hoban. <laughs> Great to be here. And we have writer-reviewer for LifeSoBlue.com and the only Avenger member to have assembled his own lightsaber, Sean Ferguson. Hello, everybody. All right. Cool. We got, we got quite the group here. Abe's here. He's, 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 he's just ready. He's ready to go. I can feel it. I can feel it in his veins. Um, uh, a few announcements in his veins. few announcements yeah. before uh, we get underway. <laughs> Very few announcements. Uh, let's see. Last week I announced that my, my uh, Mark Blakemore, Mike Blake, Mike Blakemore won um won our Cabin in the Woods contest. Good for him. He'll be getting his uh, prize soon. I'll be sending that out this week. And um, iTunes reviews and ratings, always good as always to get those. Nice, you know, easy, easy to do, simple on iTunes. Click of a button, nice and done. And of course, uh, you know, email us out now podcast at gmail.com. It's fun to get questions and things and have fun ways to you know, further do have someone else do the work for our show. We can just answer questions. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not like we're lazy. I, I can assure you we're not, because there's a lot of setup that goes into this is. show. But <laughs> it just makes things easier. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, so let's just get into it. Let's do our little know everybody, where we try to ask each other a few questions and try to set the tone for the podcast and better get to know everybody. Um, simple thing. So let's do this. Abe, let's start out with you. All right. Um, Mark Hoban. Which Bruce yes. Banner actor do you like the best? Oh, that's a good question. It was actually one I was actually thinking of asking. Oh, great minds think um, alike. I would, you know, because I like the whole, the whole movie probably better. I would say I, I liked Mark Ruffalo yeah. as as Bruce Banner the best. Cool. Um, but that's not actually to take away from either of the other two, who I thought both brought, you know. A, a, quite a bit to the role but because i i just liked his sort of he had this sort of scholarly kind of look about him and he had this sort of look in the 
current film that almost like he didn't really belong, you know, with the other group. And I kind of like that about him as a bit of an outsider. And Bruce so, Banner, he's a loner. Yeah, and I I thought Mark Ruffalo did a good job with that. And you know, I I really like Edward Norton quite a bit as an actor. I respect him. Probably he's one of my favorite actors actually. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I'd say Mark Ruffalo. Awesome. Okay. Um, let's see, Brian. If you could change one of the main actors in the movie The Avengers, who would you switch? That's a good question. Wow, that is a tough question. I like it. Yeah, we're, talking, we're talking actors, not the actual superhero, correct? Yeah, the yeah, actors. Well, I mean, everybody, I think, is kind of perfectly casted, so I'm going to have to go with the minority and probably pick Scarlett Johansson just because simply I, I think any pretty bombshell can probably slip into that role and you know add just the same amount of character she does but i i think for all the male leads everything is perfectly uh, matched um although i'm not the biggest captain america fan of the movie i still see uh the actor in that role as perfectly matched so i'll go with scarlett johansson there okay good answer at least common variable so sean i kind of addressed this on the website but you know i want to probably address this publicly here in this format um for screenwriting principles there's always a main character that has a story arc that the movie centers upon now we have a bunch of avengers assembled here in this movie with many different characters but there's always still one story arc that's focused on in a movie that the writer focuses on so in your opinion who is the main character here in avengers I'd say at the beginning it was probably Tony Stark or Iron Man because I think he had the most of his personal story carried over into the Avengers. I mean, we saw his relationship with Pepper Potts continue. Uh, He kind of took charge, and I think that was also behind the scenes too because Robert Downey Jr. has been doing this longer than any of them. And I think that uh, he kind of naturally just stepped into that kind of a role. But like I said on the side, I think towards the end of the movie – they smartly transitioned Captain America to being the leader when he said, you know, call the play, Captain, or, or however he said it, uh, when they were in Manhattan and, and let Captain America call the shots because I think he had gotten to the point where he respected his abilities and strategic uh, thinking enough to pass the reins on to him. So I think probably with Avengers 2, we'll see Captain America in the forefront as he is in the comics. I, I would I would agree that, that Tony Stark has maybe the the best the most significant arc in the movie, maybe because Robert Downey Jr.'s name comes up first in the credits. But um, I don't, I don't necessarily think he. If there's a, there's a through line. Like I don't think there's a through line that makes him the lead character in this movie. Like it's the move. The movie depends on his. It's not his like story as a whole. It feels very. Everybody's involved, and they all have different arcs that they're going through. But there's not like a. A, a clear through line as to who the the exact main character in this film is. Okay, Abe. Yeah choice time okay. Cap's shield Thor's hammer Hawkeye's bow Stark's suit Banner's rage or Widow's boobs <laughs> what about her butt <laughs> I made my choice there were a lot of butt shots in this movie fantastically so um I would go to Thor's hammer you can fly with it it's indestructible you can block lasers with it and you can it's you know really, it's, it's really damn heavy Yes, and only you can wield it as seen. Only you can wield it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like perfectly, you know, 
I don't know. It's all things in one. It's like a Willy Wonka bar. A Willy Wonka bar? That's where you're going with? <laughs> it's got everything in it. All right, let's see. Uh, Aaron. Yeah. Yes. though it's your birthday coming up. Okay. All right, you have one invite to give to one Avenger for your birthday. Who do you give it to and why? Well, and the Hulk would be nice if you invited the Hulk. He wouldn't destroy no, no. everything. No, I would. I would say. I would say the Hulk anyway, because he'd eat too much of the cake. Um, <laughs> it probably it probably have to be Tony Stark. It'd be like having your own personal roast if you had him there. <laughs> Assuming that you know all these Avengers know you well, and they're like happy to come to your birthday party. It'd probably be Tony. It'd be Tony Stark. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, Cap would be too serious. <laughs> you move where, where all the <laughs> yeah. war is at. He, he, yeah. Um, what's my other question? Oh, there it is. Uh, Sean. Yeah. Uh, what Avenger do you want to see in the next Avengers film? You mean other than the original other than, cast? Other than, the, other than the cast that we have right here. Oh, I, well, in a dream world, I'd love to see Spider-Man mix it up with him, but that's not going to happen until they get the license back. not going to happen, but it's still it's a desire. That's an answer. Oh, I'd love to see Spider-Man. I mean, can you imagine just him and Tony Stark going at it? together that'd be hilarious fantastic <laughs> well i would just say out of this group of current avengers who do you guys think was the most expendable i mean me personally i didn't think that there was a whole lot there for hawkeye yeah, I thought that and I, he easily could have been cut as far as Jer i'm concerned yeah jeremy renner kind of got the short shrift of the of the script i think without giving away details of the film i think he had the least to do which is still fair, given the vast amount of characters you have to deal with. Sure. Yeah. But I actually would kind of... I mean, this movie kind of made me want to see a Hawkeye Black Widow movie, and they kept talking about Budapest and that... Like a Shield, like a shield movie. Yeah, they could have gone off and, and... I mean, they could almost have a spin-off of this film and, and kind of deal with what they were talking about in, in that context. Well, given I think the... I read something about that, that they are planning a S.H.I.E.L.D. film. So I think it will be the two of them and probably Nick Fury. Then I will buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go see anything that they come out with. Uh, okay. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe this might be obvious, but I'll ask it anyway. I'll just ask it to the group. Um, of All the Avengers enter a cage match. Iron Man, Captain America, the Hulk, Thor, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. Only one may leave victorious. Who is it? Thor. Thor. <laughs> really? That's not actually, that's not the answer I would have come up with. Because Hulk? Hulk's not in it? The Hulk. Yeah. I, I would say the it Hulk. It depends if it's like an enclosed ring. <laughs> if they could fly around, <laughs> I don't think it'd be the Hulk. If it's right. enclosed, then I would have to go with Hulk. It, it's Thor for me because I watched like Thor swing his hammer into Hulk's face in that fight. And I'm like, yeah. like <laughs> And then I saw Thor crush Iron Man's arm guards. Well, it's not Iron Man. We know that. I think we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's good at all, but I don't think Iron Man's winning that fight. Although, well, no, because Cap, you take away a shield, he's, he's down. You can, you, can, you can get rid of him. It, it would all depend if if uh, Tony Stark knew about the fight in advance. If he could prepare, then I would say Tony Stark. Yeah, the, if, if he had the Mach 8 ready, he could try. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he's smart enough. He'd come up with something to neutralize all of them. He's kind of like Batman in the sense. He's right. like Marvel's Batman. You know, and just like I think Batman could take out Superman if he had enough knowledge and preparation to be ready for it. Yes. Huh. Dark Knight Returns. 
Yeah, basically that. Yeah, where he tapped into the power lines and you know he had the kryptonite and all of that. You know, he definitely could do it if he knew in advance. But if he doesn't know in advance, then he's toast. Right. Because that's just a group. Because uh, you know, I'm curious because being the, I would agree with what Aaron said before. Being the uh, my number one superhero movie would be Dark Knight. Um, I have my reservations about Dark Knight Rises, but. Just wondering, as a group, I know we're going to talk about the box office more here, but what your predictions on who will have the biggest box office this year? The Avengers, which I consider my favorite Marvel movie of all time now, or The Dark Knight Rises, which is going to need repeat business to compete with uh, The Avengers here, the box office, in my opinion. The key, the key is that Avengers opens before all these other summer movies. Dark Knight opens after all these other summer movies. Dark Knight has no competition. Avengers does. Avengers will continue to make money and it'll be a big hit for sure and it's well liked. That's nice. But Dark Knight Dark the first Dark Knight was Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight was is the, currently the third biggest movie ever. Dark Knight Rises yes. may not amount to that same kind of or it could, I don't know, but it could, it may not arise to that sort of capacity, but it's going to make a shit ton of money and it has nothing else coming out in the weekends that follow that really provide much competition besides maybe Born Legacy. Like that's <laughs> But you're, assuming it's, but you're assuming it's a good movie, though. We can talk about Pirates of the Caribbean 4 and Transformers <laughs> 2 all we want if we want to talk about how much money movies that aren't that good make. Yeah. And we can... I can, uh, we can Transformers. I think we can always, I think we, yeah, I said Transformers 2. I think we can all assure each other that Dark Knight Rises will be at least as good as Pirates of the Caribbean 4 or Transformers. I mean, and plus, and plus, it's already coming with so much goodwill, which I think helped those other franchises, and it's also being marketed as the, you know, concluding chapter, which is going to bring out a lot of people curious to see, you know, how it all ends. I think, I mean, the Avengers is going to be huge, but I think the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight Rises will be bigger, and I don't really have so much faith in Christopher Nolan. I have no doubt that it's going to be great, but I, you know. Anything can happen, but I, I really feel like this is going to be uh, the probably the biggest summer movie of the the Dark Knight Rises will be the biggest uh, movie of the of the summer. Dave, are you on the same page as us? You think? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was gonna say it's actually funny that you bring that up because we're gonna have this awesome podcast tomorrow it's about uh, the summer box office. So, but I think Dark Knight, yeah, it's got that repeat thing. There's really nothing coming after it, but I don't know. I, I haven't seen the Avengers figures because Aaron prohibits me it's almost like the village it's um, you but, <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah I make you wait till 11 o'clock a.m. on Sunday <laughs> he, he forbids you from going onto the internet what's this internet you speak of <laughs> I'm so in the dark I don't even know what a book is anyway so there's your answer Brian. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, I get we could probably get back to that when we get to the box office later on in the show but let's uh, let's move on to a uh, movie trailer talk and because that's how we know everybody. So, getting getting over here, let's uh let's talk about the uh, the new Dark Knight Rises trailer, which most of us saw apparently, except for Abe, <laughs> who's been avoiding to his credit has been avoiding Dark Knight Rises trailer. Though this new one, I wouldn't say technically reveals too much about that. I mean, none of them really have revealed too much about what the what's really going on there, besides the fact that Bane's a threat and Catwoman is decently attractive. So, um, <laughs> with all that said, uh, yeah. Brian, what did you think of the new Dark Knight Rises trailer? Well, I think you hit it on the head there. I mean, Christopher Nolan's main purpose in these trailers has not been 
giving away anything, which which I like because it keeps the person like me that likes to divulge in spoilers, obviously from my one remark, uh, away from the actual story and be pleasantly surprised like it was for a dark night. Um, I, I really see it as going a couple of different ways. I want to believe in Christopher Nolan and he hasn't let me down, but the mismatch of, of events going on in the trailers is it's like, wow, what's, what's going to happen here? I'm never a big fan of introducing too many characters into the movie. Um, I can actually do without Catwoman, believe it or not. I, I really don't think she's going to add anything to the story for me. I, I, but uh, the trailer, uh, you know, it, without a charismatic, charismatic uh, villain like the Joker selling the trailer for me, it's really going to depend upon getting my, getting my ass in that seat day one and seeing the movie and judging it for myself. It really hasn't persuaded me that this is going to be the, the king of the trilogy here. Uh, it's going to take a lot to topple Dark Knight, in my opinion. That, that movie is high in my bookshelf here. And the trailer really hasn't sold me on it. But uh, then again, uh, Christopher Nolan is a man of full surprises. I actually attended, and I'm in that Pittsburgh Steelers scene where they blew up the football field. And that really doesn't look like anything on footage. Uh, but I know that they kept touting it as one of the biggest scenes that is going to be in the movie. So, you know, I just waiting to be pleasantly surprised. The trailer, uh, although it gives me goosebumps because I'm just so anticipating this movie uh really really hasn't done much either all three of the trailers really haven't done much to sell me on this is going to be the best chapter in the batman trilogy but then again like you are remaining Aaron, i'm kind of spoiler free and just waiting to take it all in that day one and judge it for myself long answer it's all good uh, uh sean i'm curious to see how much of it's going to follow the nightfall storyline you know as far as bane and what, Where that know, goes, yeah. I mean, there's only so much they could probably follow because, you know, the whole thing where he helps get all of the supervillains released to wear down Batman, obviously they can't do that for this movie. So I think they're going to have to pick and choose what they want to take out of that. But it looks at least some of it is in there because even in the trailer, we see Bruce Wayne at the mercy of Bane at one point. Uh, you know, things aren't looking too good for him. And then the whole thing, you know, it's interesting to see all these characters that, like Brian said, that they're bringing in. You know, Catwoman, I don't mind being there. I don't know what they're going to do with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. You know, this policeman, and it looks like Batman goes away for a while. And So, I don't know. It, it, it seems like they are taking some of that Nightfall storyline. It'll be interesting to see how they translate that to the screen. Because, you know, if you take away Bruce Wayne or, you know, Batman out of the picture for a period of time, are they going to be able to keep the audience's interest for that period of time until he makes his return to take on Bane at the end? And I have a feeling that that's kind of what we're going to see just on the little snippets we've seen from the trailer. So I'm excited about it. I think it's, it looks pretty epic, and um, and I think it's probably going to be the best one myself. And I think Bane's a good villain, too. I think that's a good choice. And, you know, they did a terrible job with him in Batman and Robin. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it does not exist <laughs> so it's kind of nice to see him brought back to being the the super villain that he really is you know and a formidable foe both mentally and physically for for batman mark um yeah i think the movie doesn't have to be better than the dark knight i mean i think a lot of people um i, I probably wouldn't put it my favorite superhero film of all time but the dark knight is 
one of the the greats. So it's going to be hard for The Dark Knight Rises to be better than that. But the um, trailer definitely, as you said, Brian, it gives me goosebumps. And it definitely uh, gets me excited about the series. I love Christopher Nolan. Um, Inception was one of my favorite films of that year. And I think that it's, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I like the fact that in the trailer, you can sort of understand Bane now. He actually makes sense. Or some of the earlier trailers, like trailers, I couldn't really understand him. But um, I think it effectively gets me excited about the uh, franchise. And I'm very much looking forward to it. You should have been there in Pittsburgh. You could understand what you're saying. (laughs) Mark, um, Offhand, curious what your favorite superhero movie is. Man, guess I, is, I, is it Superman the movie? Yes, nineteen seventy-eight Superman. There's just nothing that ever will. I mean, part of it probably hap- happens because I saw it when I was very young, but that's just the. Well, I, I like and Superman too. Also, I mean, the two. I like the. I, I really yeah. yeah that's yeah, a, that's te- a great. Just, I that's actually a, think it's it's one of these like uh, Empire Strikes Back situations where the second one is actually even a little bit better. It's um, more interesting, I would say. And and I think that. The thing, actually, Superman 2, there's things that happen in that film that are kind of like the blueprint of every superhero movie that you see after. In fact, there's even things in The Avengers that reminded me of Superman 2. Um, so th- those two films are like, they exist on some level that like far outweighs everything else. But then given that, The Dark Knight is probably after those two is my favorite. Uh, I haven't seen it, uh, so me. Um, basically, I agree. I, you know, I can echo all your guys' sentiments about the Dark Knight Rises. It's anyone, anyone that knows me knows well enough that Batman takes up a large majority of my life, and uh, yeah, so I can't wait. You know, I'm happy that I'm happy that I can understand Bane. That's really all I have to add. To that. Um, some people, the the weird contingent of people that were like, "Why did they change Bane's voice? It was it was good as it was." I don't care what they have to say happy to understand the villains that i'm supposed to be listening to so there you go um yeah so i think i think we all know that dark knight rises is going to be big and a lot of people are going to see it and a lot of people are excited about it and it opens on july 20th 2012 can't wait for that date to arrive let's go to our next trip can't cannot wait yeah hey aaron Aaron, you know what you know what i'm excited for what think about that it opens july 20th i'm hoping to god they do something at the comic-con this year I'd be very surprised if they did, but wouldn't be wouldn't be remiss oh. to to not be involved in that. If they yeah, did. I mean so, that that would be that'd be bliss. Be, I mean, because we missed cool. it the past. Yeah. I mean, Nolan Nolan doesn't tend to you know he keeps he plays things pretty close to the vest, but we'll uh, we'll see. Four people got that joke. Um, okay. <laughs> I, let's move on. Let's move on to our next trailer. We have Expendables two. The Deuce, um, Sylvester Stallone, and a host of his greatest friends and pals and action heroes. I'm not going to list them all because I don't have it in front of me. I don't care to. Uh, They're all back, and they've added Jean-Claude Van Damme and Chuck Norris to the world because why not? And there's explosions, and they have to fight things and stop evil Jean-Claude Van Damme from doing too many high kicks or something. So with all that said... Um, uh, let's start with Mark. Mark, what do you what, what what do you think about the first Expendables, and what do you think about this trailer? You know, I'm embarrassed to admit I've never even seen the original Expendables. It's not that embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> well, it's okay. I'm proud to admit. Um, but but anyway, um, I I like all those action heroes, and uh, I even liked uh, Jason Statham's uh, latest uh, 
movie. Uh, so, I mean, I, I might go see it. You know, I, I think it's going to be like probably a, a good action uh, popcorn movie. Nothing more than that. Um, you know, so I, I, it's not high on my list of movies to see this summer. But, uh, you know, I think the trailer looks like what I'd expect. So, you know, it, it looks fine. Cool. Brian? You know, I'm hoping for something more than what we saw in Expendables 1. Um, there's two there's two trains of thought. I mean, I'm a big, uh, what's it called, The Kingdom. That movie just built up, built up, built up, and then the last half hour of that movie was balls-out action. I expected Expendables just to be balls-out action all throughout. I was bored <laughs> for a good hour of that movie. Yes. Now, that being said, the trailer for uh, Expendables 2, yes, it looks promising. But so did the first one. I mean, you have all these stars, all these throwbacks to the 80s and 90s that, you know, people like me just eat up. But then I keep thinking back to the disappointment that was Expendables 1. And I'm I'm optimistic that, you know, Sylvester Stallone, I, I love the guy, that he learns from his mistakes and takes that to new heights here in Expendables 2. Uh, and I'm, I'm very uh, stoked to see Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'm a big fan of his back from the 90s. Grew up on his movies. Uh, Chuck Norris, I, I can be without, just like Catwoman. But you know, it all comes. It's all going to come down to uh, this movie is rated R, is it not yet, or did they decide that? It's not made officially yet, but I mean, he has been saying that it's now rated R, apparently, as opposed to when we were first hearing that it was PG-13. So we'll see. Okay, yeah. If it was PG-13, I probably would not give it the time of day, just because I know it's going to be held back. But rated R, you know, I'm op- optimistically looking forward to it. The trailer, uh, got off the subject there for a minute, the trailer, it, it looks promising, but then again, so did the first one. So I reserve judgment to uh, when I see it in the theater. I, I'm not anticipating it like I was the first one, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, and I'm going to check it out and hope for the best, hope it's better than the first one. Sean? Well, I think Gerard and I are the only ones that liked the first one out of the Whites of Blue crew. Well, we, I think we, Brian and I like the movie. We just don't love the movie. Like, it has things yeah. that are, that yeah. are good. I, yeah. just, <laughs> well, I think Gerard loves it more than anybody, but yes, I did yes. enjoy the first one. Uh, it was great to see all those guys together. I think that, it, if anything, it suffered from a, a low budget than anything. I mean, I think that's kind of what Brian is referring to. Is, you know, he expected more at the end, but if you have a limited budget, there's only so much stuff you can blow up. No, actually, it's more story. It, the story just like Aaron said many times and I saw in his comments is it didn't move along at a pace that was appealing. It just moved at snail's pace. And, it, it felt you know, like you got, was... you got, you got Mickey Rourke, uh, bumbling for like what, 15 minutes in a speech that, you know, in a movie that didn't, didn't yeah, need to be like, there. It's like some other movie that's like really serious yeah. when we're supposed to be having like cheesy eighties fun watching all these guys acting fun together. Exactly. Yeah, I think that there was the attempt to give it a story is what you guys end up not liking, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> the whole thing with Mickey Slap. Rourke and, you know, and, and their personal lives before they go off onto the mission. That was the story. Now, you guys may not have liked it, but it was the story. And it looks like in the second one, they've kind of just said, OK, forget that. Let's just go to the action. So I have a feeling that the next one's going to have a bigger budget. It's going to be more action packed. Obviously, it's got a lot more stars to it. <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot better than the first one. And, you know, anybody that liked action movies from the 80s should be fairly happy, I think, to see all these guys together. And it looks like Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis are, are in this one more than they were in the first one. 
I was going to so ask that, like, how much was Schwarzenegger in the original? They, they had one scene one together. It was, yeah. a, it was a quick cameo. Of, he was still governor. Yeah, that's like five minutes. Yeah. I agree with what Sean says, too. It all comes down to the fun factor. I mean, you got all these great stars. Let's make it fun, you know? Hopefully I do it this time. And uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and uh, Chuck Norris, they were not in the original, correct? Yes. Correct. No. Okay, well, those are good additions. I mean, I, Yeah, I'd agree with that, as would be Steven Seagal if he, you know, decided to slim down and be in a movie <laughs> again. But... <laughs> He's busy protecting people. Uh, yeah, in Louisiana or wherever. Yeah. Hey, what, what do you think? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> like, realistically, I was, I was kind of excited, and then all of a sudden I'm like, man... This looks really over the top. And then uh, I made this comment during the, the trailer uh, during uh, the Avengers, and I was just like, they are so old. And the audience just started <laughs> laughing like crazy. So, <laughs> so I'm not sure anymore. But, yeah, we'll see a lot of plastic surgery, I'm sure. It's that confidence that I love about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more worried about the director than the cast. I would agree with that. The uh, director of, well, kind of. Let, well, let's go with this. The, the director of Expendables 2, as opposed to Expendables 1, which is directed by Steven, Steven, Sylvester Stallone, who, that was another, that was one of the things that annoyed me because I'm aware, I know that Steven, Steven, keep saying Steven's a call now. I'm aware that Sylvester Stallone is a good director. Like he, I really like um, uh, Rocky Balboa as a, as a film that he's directed. And I even, yeah. as much as I, as, as much as I don't like Rambo, that movie, I do admire his direction in that film, but Expendables, it seemed like he didn't, like, do his best as he could have in the, that movie. Like, I thought the action was very choppy. There was a lot of digital blood going around. It, like, the, it, it didn't feel as as solidly directed as his other movies that he has directed, maybe better than Rocky V. But um, yep. it, it, uh, it didn't feel as solid as a directorial piece as he has done in the past, which surprised me because that, that was one of the aspects I was looking forward to. It's like, well, at least Steven Sylvester Stallone's directing. Oh, you know, that could work out. But... Yeah, this time he's given the reins over to Simon West, who directed, among other things, Con Air, which is a nice place to be at. But then he also did a, a big heap of a heap of crap movies, like when, when a Stranger Calls, The General's Daughter, uh, what's that other one? Uh, the first Tomb Raider movie. Yeah. Y'all, <laughs> um, you recently the last thing he did was The Mechanic, another Jason Statham movie. So there's something there that's that's decent, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure if it's going to be a better or worse directed movie based on having Simon West involved. I can say just for for my opinion on the trailer, I think I've kind of established I don't. I clearly don't care that much. I'll see it because I'm curious because you know it does have all these people in it. But like, it's not a movie where I'm like, oh man, can't wait to see another Expendables. Yeah. Although wa watching the trailer did remind me of how hilarious all the names are on every character. You have you have Barney, Christmas, Church. Trench, Ying Yang, Booker, Gunnar Jensen, Hail Caesar, and Toll Road. These are actual names of characters we have in this movie. So what? that should be fun. I can't wait to know what Chuck Norris's name is. Chuck. Chuck. Call me Chuck. Or Walker. Walker. <laughs> I wish they had gotten John McTurden and directed that. I mean, if you're going to go back to like the eighties, nineties to get those guys, why not get the best uh, action director of that period? You know, yeah, that was specialized in this. Yeah, what, what is John McTurden doing these days? He, I believe well, he might be in jail or something. I think he just yeah. got out of prison. <laughs> he has legal trouble. 
Expendables 2 opens August 17th, 2012, just in time for the end of summer, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic. I will say that about Expendables 2. I, I'm happy to, uh, I'm happy to see more brainless action. I just hope they don't, you know, try to plague me with emotions involving these characters again. I think I it's going to deliver exactly what people expect. Well, see, I saw the trailer for the first Expendables, and it didn't deliver exactly what I expected. So uh -huh. I don't know where to go away with that. We'll, we'll see. Uh, yeah, but this time everyone's Expendable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that one, yeah. I hope that's the tagline, because Dolph Lundgren should have been very Expendable, yet he somehow survives at the end of that movie. Exactly. I, it's like, yeah, let's just bring like them all he's back. He's still a friendly guy. Yeah, he's still like, yeah, he's still their best friend. He's like, I'm sorry I tried to kill you guys and betray you all. Whatever. Come, come throw, knives, throw knives at the dartboard with us at the, at the old bar. Let's do this. Oh, my God. This almost makes me want to do a commentary for Expendables, Abe. Almost. It's almost there. Let's, let's move away from this, though. Let's move away from a, a, from a different team of heroes and talk about the Avengers. Let's get into that. War has started. And we are hopelessly outgunned. Director Fury, I think it's time. You're here with a mission, sir? Trying to get me back in the world? Trying to save it. Doctor, we need you to come in. What if I say no? I'll persuade you. What are you asking me to do? It's called the Avengers Initiative. I thought I didn't qualify. Apparently I'm, what is it, volatile, self-obsessed, and don't play well with others. All right, so that was a little bit of the trailer for The Avengers. Um, so basically, let me just sum up what this movie is. The uh, This is basically the most ambitious movie mashup since maybe The Monster Squad or Aliens vs. Predator. We, uh, we now have The crazy? Avengers. <laughs> we now have the Avengers, the uh, the culmination of the five interrelated Marvel movies that have come out in theaters since Iron Man and back in 2008. And the Avengers revolves around S.H.I.E.L.D. director Nick Fury, Sam Jackson, grouping together a band of superheroes that have emerged in recent years in an effort to stop the evil Loki, Tom Hiddleston, from enslaving Earth now that he's in possession of the Cosmic Cube, or the Tesseract, as it's referred to. Uh, this all leads to all your favorites, Iron Man, Captain America, Bruce Banner, Thor... Hawkeye and Black Widow all coming together to hopefully work together as a team, stop Loki from and his expansive alien army from taking over Earth and, you know, forming the, the, the mightiest superheroes that we have available. So, Abe, superhero hijinks ensue. I'm yes, going to start with you do. first, Hank. Yeah, the <laughs> hijinks, exactly. Uh, what, did, what did you think of The Avengers? Yeah, that was a very solid, good movie. Um, I would have to say that I wasn't, uh, you know, super jazzed about it coming out and going nuts crazy talking about it uh, like I was, say, with um, Star Trek in 2009. But it was very solid. It was very good. I really liked how Joss Whedon had uh, the characters. Nobody was really off from their original movies. You know, like, all of a sudden, Captain America is, like, the really funny guy or something like that, um, as you see in some mashup movies or in some subsequent uh, follow-up feature films of um, films of this type, I guess. But I really liked it a lot. I liked the story arcs, uh, like we, we talked about in the Know Everybody with um, Tony Stark. I still like how 
uh, Bruce Banner was really subtle uh, in this role. I like Mark Ruffalo, just like what Mark Oban had said um, as Dr. Bruce Banner. Uh, you see a little bit more of his genius side come out. Um, and I really like the interaction between all the characters. Again, Hawkeye didn't really have much to do with it. I, I, he was obviously part of Loki's squad for a bit. But um, uh, I still liked the uh, interaction between Thor and his brother. One thing that I did um, enjoy also was that each character kind of has their own screen presence, kind of has like their own screen time as well, which made it uh, really fun to watch. It didn't really focus too much on, say, one character, even though, uh, again, the story arc with Tony Stark, you could make a compelling case for that. But overall, I thought it was really well done. Um, I think that the Hulk was really kind of going balls out in this one, which I really enjoyed a lot. Um, I, I was kind of really hoping to see that in the previous Hulk films. And in this one, you kind of get a glimpse of how incredible he is. So it's... it's hey <laughs> I did that on purpose. Uh, so it was really refreshing to see that. But overall, I thought it was a really solid, good movie. Um, nothing too stupid, nothing too... Um, like no, no, Not many deviations from... Uh, characters uh, and how you how you knew them in, in the previous movies so um, it's a very solid pass Brian you know I never thought I would say this in my life but uh, the Avengers was the ultimate Marvel movie for me uh, you you have the culmination of the uh, was it the five predecessors before that and I think they are necessary to watch to grasp the story I went with a friend uh, who only saw half of them uh, on opening night and I had to explain to her I had to put down on paper everything that's every important story arc that you're going to need to know before beforehand before going to watch this and <laughs> I, re <laughs> I really like how uh, you know the story developed in the Avengers uh, some people complain it was a little bit slow in the beginning I didn't feel that I, I'm so in love with the characters that you can throw three four hours at me and I'll sit there and watch it like a little kid with candy but you know I, I think that to have the backstories were all told in the the first five movies, uh, some are told better than others, Captain America. Um, and, uh, you know, it really just lent itself for a big popcorn blockbuster movie, in my opinion. Uh, I've seen it twice now, and then I'll, I'll go see it again. I really, really uh, adore this movie. I know that's uh, not a proper word for a man to use, but uh, I, I just can't say enough good things about this movie. I, I'm really looking forward to Dark Knight Rises, but I think this may go down as number two just because of the anticipation I've had of seeing if uh, Joss Whedon could actually come through and, uh, with this, and he did. I give him credit. I never would have expected this, but I, I tell you what, I got really excited after seeing Cabin in the Woods and seeing what he did there, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to give this guy a chance because I, on record, I am not a fan of Firefly or Serenity at all and never really took into Buffy mm -hmm. or his TV shows. So uh, I know, Sean. And, uh, you know, I, like, like Aaron said in one of his comments on Why the Blue, the guy now has a green light to move about the country just like Christopher Nolan does. He's going to have free reign, and I really hope they keep him on this Avengers product. Sean? Well, I've, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I've been wanting to see this kind of a team-up since I was just a little kid. I mean, after I said my review, that's why I watched the Super Friends and all the other crappy animated shows just to see them, you know, grouped together. But now I can do it without the Wonder Twins and the Stupid Monkey. You know, this is uh, this is the, the best way to see it. And I think Joss Whedon was the perfect guy to, 
take the job, you know, not only as a writer, because he's got, you know, experience writing for a large group of characters, keeping them all in focus. And he knows how to deliver and balance the, the action and the humor. Uh, and, you know, he's done comic work. He's, I mean, he is just perfect for this job, and I'm glad that he got the job. And that's one thing that Marvel's always been really good about is thinking outside the box of finding the right person for both uh, for the role and also for the directing part of it. I think they've done a very good job with that. Uh, but this movie, I just loved it. I've already seen it twice. I can't wait to go back and see it a third time. Uh, and I only had very minor quibbles with it. Uh, I think that the way that they portrayed the Hulk is the best we've seen yet. I really hope that uh, Mark Ruffalo gets his own solo movie based on this because I think they just nailed it. You know, the whole stuff, you know, the with the interaction with Thor, you know, Loki saying, you know, I'm a god and all of that. And the, the end result <laughs> of the, that, I those mean, are, that those just scenes brought down the house. Yeah, yeah it, it just killed. I mean, it was just it was so perfectly Hulk that, uh, you know, it just it gives you kind of goosebumps to see all of these guys realized so perfectly and interacting with each other as they would. And, and like I said, that Joss Whedon was able to, you know, have his cake and eat it, too, where he let us see them fight each other. He he let us see them all interact with each other in different pairs because it brings out something different in each of the characters. You know, seeing Tony Stark and Bruce Banner talking science and, you know, that stuff was cool. You know, and like Marco Sandler, you're, you go back to seeing that genius of Bruce Banner, which kind of always gets sidelined because they're always focused on, you know, he's on the run or, you know, he's worried that he's going to take somebody out or, you know, that kind of a thing. So I thought, I mean... I couldn't really ask for anything more than this. I, the beginning, I think they could have trimmed a little bit. I would have liked to have seen more on the end, but it was, you know, seeing these guys fight together at the end, it was just incredible, and I just loved it. Uh, Mark? So, I mean, this movie was essentially the summation of all those other films that kind of came before it, and there was a lot riding on this film, and I think expectations were high, and Josh uh, Whedon really is the man of the moment. I mean, you guys all kind of mentioned him as well. He juggles a large cast, and it would have been very hard to kind of, I mean, it, it is a hard job to kind of corral all these different personalities and create a film in which you're invested in all the characters and still can follow the narrative and be, you know, enjoy it. And he does it. I mean, and that's, you really need to give him a lot of credit for that. He gives a de decent amount of attention to each character, I, I will uh, admit that I think some of the best moments belong to the Hulk, but he definitely gives us a little bit of backstory to all the other characters, so we, we are you know interested in what happens to them. Um, the film was witty, fun. It was really humorous. I mean, and I, I think you know you could have maybe uh, felt like it was too much humor, but I think actually, he definitely respects the brand, you know, within the Marvel universe, but still infuses enough humor into the proceedings that really makes it uh, fun. And the Hulk has a lot to do with those moments. Um, I, I I don't think it's a revolutionary film. I don't think it's it it really it doesn't reinvent the superhero film um, in the in the way that sort of the Dark Knight series does. But as far as a fun summer you know film i think it, it hits all the right buttons and uh, it, it it did a, a great job of, of 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 exactly what you'd kind of expect in a a film where all these different characters uh came together so yeah i i really enjoyed it yeah i mean 
just more of the same with me. This movie, I've said this many times now and in my review as well, this movie shouldn't exist, really. This is so, it's so ridiculous that somehow Marvel made this giant, like, leap to have all these characters have these different movies and then bring them all together for one giant movie and then somehow make that movie work. Like, there's, there's so many ways this movie could have, like, went off the scales. It could have easily been the Tony Stark show featuring the Avengers. It could have been a mix of, like, just nonsense of these none of these things working out together because the balance is so far off it could have it could have it could have it could have been all these different things but it's not it's this just amazingly fun blockbuster film that's still that still have manages to have like a great emphasis on the characters involved as opposed to comparisons to something like transformers where you have like all these big budget things happening and then a giant battle at the end you never lose sight of who these people are in the avengers that you want to follow and like rooting for these mighty heroes to overcome and just be successful and work as a team together. And it's so great to see that fully realized on the screen by Joss Whedon, who like being, being having him as someone who's a comic book geek, who's written, who's written various comic stories throughout his career, as well as create, you know, solid TV successes with like Buffy and Angel, where, you know, he balances interactions with characters and has humor there and emotional depth and things. And then as well as like the Firefly, which was canceled, but then turned into Serenity. It's just like, and then, you know, Rook, Rook Cabin in the Woods. Like, it's just all these things that he's been able to do. He's been able to put it perfectly into the Avengers now. And he's made this film that's has this great balance to it, where like you, regardless of how many people get more screen time than others, there's still a proper arc that you can relate to each one of them where you you can follow along with their story and be like, yeah, that's satisfying. And seeing all of them interact is equally satisfying. Having scenes where, where um, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and Hulk are all fighting together are almost just as compelling as watching Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, Odin's son, and Bruce Banner interact together. Watching those conversations take place, seeing them be very quippy, very fun, adding some kind of drama to it, like, that's really engaging and it's amazing that this film does all that really well it's such a a perfect example of what a summer blockbuster should be which is like something that's that's smart and entertaining and fun and it has great use of special effects work and it but it also still manages to have a story in the background that works that puts everybody together that bring that makes the audience care about what's happening and not just you know feed into the their desire to see mindless special effects going on it has all of these things done super super well so yeah i kind of liked it and uh not not much to say in like in terms of bad things about it i do think that the opening is a little slow just because it be in terms of the mainly i I refer mainly to the cold open of the movie where it's just all shield stuff and it's like fine you have to set it up but it feels a lot like tons of expositions being handed right to you and it's necessary of course but it's still it's you know it's fine overall and i think the um we deal with this giant army that I have to... Let's just get into this now. I think I, I've, I've said my, my few my short sense on this so everybody can interact at this point. Um, the the army that the, the Avengers are facing. Loki has this giant alien army. My main problem with that is we don't really know who these people are. We get this kind of weird opening where, Loki, where Loki's interacting with someone. The the Chit, the, the Chitali? The Chitori? I think he's just Chitauri. called the other... Well, they, yeah, the main, the uh, leader of them is the other. It's called the Shatari. The Shatari. The Shatari. The Shatari. Yeah, the Shatari. The Shatari. Shatari. Don't, don't, don't emphasize. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, don't emphasize the, the SH. The the ultimate version of the scrolls, 
And um, <laughs> we don't know who these people. They're just like these weird bad guy things that are threatening. But you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, I would. I would agree. I mean, they're they're to, basically but... red shirts. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, they're just like... cannon fodder for the Avengers. What I kind of like about Loki's story arc is he doesn't even really want to take over the whole universe. He just wants to take over Earth. He's you know, and I, I will say that I love Loki in this movie. Oh, yes, yeah, by far. He's, he's, he's great. A, I love yeah. him as a villain. He's he's got Tom Hiddleston. There's there's one scene where they focus on Tom Hiddleston and he just does this sort of like wicked smile. You yeah, know? when he first comes, when he first enters in the movie, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. He, and he pretty much smiles throughout the whole movie, though, which right. I thought was kind of strange. But he's great. <laughs> but that's all he has to do, and that yeah. like I'm already there with him. I'm like, okay, he's he's such a badass villain that I'm I'm like gonna accept it. And it, it is true they they do these they throw these terms around like the tesseract and the chitari and the that scepter and you're kind of like what is all this? And I think the the answer is who cares? It's just they want to take over and and they're gonna fight it and and that's that's really all you need to know. I like I like, I like Loki's setup for sure. I like how they set him up as a formidable foe. Like he is taking out fools at the beginning of this movie, which is kind of nice, opposed to just seeing him you know talk and monologue for the majority of the film and not actually do anything important. But he gets his kicks in. He he does some stuff. I think the dialogue's great in this movie. I uh, I really enjoyed the banter going back and forth, as well as it, it feels very comic booky. I think that's one another thing about this. I, I really like the the film as a comic book film, and it feel not just because like it has comic book people in it, but because it actually feels like I'm watching a comic book come to life. It feels like shots are framed, the dialogue is structured in a certain way where it feels like you could easily put this into like a, a book, a comic book, and flip the pages and kind of get that same kind of feeling looking at this book as opposed to watching this movie. It has a great sense of, hey, we're in this awesome comic book movie come to life here. I, I really think Whedon kind of captured that spirit of the film, which not which I, which I would say not a lot of other uh, comic book films have done as well. I, I, like, there's there's few I can think of. Like, even like Ang Lee's Hulk, I, I could point to, even though it's like yeah, the best tried. movie. I can, I, that's, that's the attempt that they tried to do that. Like Sin City is another good example of a movie that's, really kind of recreating frames. I mean, that's literally recreating frames in a comic book, but I think the Avengers definitely falls into it's, it's confidently directed as a comic book film. Yeah. I see that too, but I, I, I didn't really get a sense of, uh, you know, the whole entire comic book. Like you could actually put what they're saying into bubbles, like in a comic book. I got that I think with, it a lot with, um, Spider-Man, the original with Tobey Maguire. Um, and I could see that one really fitting into the, the bubbles a lot. Um, it, and that one felt more like a comic book presentation on screen. This one, I think, was just overall really solid, pretty good written movie. And I agree with Mark Owen about the humor, though. Um, there's a lot of humor, and I didn't really, I haven't really paid too much attention with Joss Whedon's uh, previous work until Cabin in the Woods. And that one, that Cabin in the Woods is actually really humorous as well. So I was pleasantly surprised by um, the humor that they had here in the Avengers. One thing I will say is because the writing was so sharp and and strong that i if if i have a quibble i did feel that some of the the action sequences were a little bit overinflated cgi moments and the climactic battle scene at the end really reminded me a lot of transformers 3 and the michael bay film with that uh, that thing that comes down out of the sky and all that so i wasn't as in love with those action sequences as I was with all of the dialogue and the way that everything interacted. It, it's a small quibble. I mean, overall, I, I love the film, but I did feel like some of the action sequences reminded me of a Michael Bay film and not quite as creative as the dialogue that came before and after it. 
I can I can I can see where you're coming from. Where I disagree with you is that in in, in like I mean obviously I think Dark of the Moon, the, the Flash Transformers film is like the most obvious comparison with the the last action scene of the Avengers. But where I where I come down on that is the Abe and I've said this before, the action in Transformers 3 in that end sequence, as like awe-inspiring as it is with its epicness and its scale, it's so you could you could take those scenes and like shuffle them around in right. terms of what happens in that action. And it would feel like the same movie. I feel like the Avengers does something that does that works well with other action movies, where there's an arc to the action that's going on. It doesn't feel like the scenes are interchangeable. I feel like there's there's a beginning and end to the individual sequences that happen, where and it feels coherent into the story, as opposed to Transformers, where mm-hmm. you have Optimus Prime get stuck in wires for half an hour for some reason. <laughs> like it, 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 this is a giant robot with moving parts. <laughs> I'd agree that it's very busy, that there's a lot going on, and that the, it certainly has the the grand scale aspect to it. But I feel like I'm so connected to the characters that are within these action sequences that it didn't yeah. it didn't bother me. It didn't it didn't feel like it it didn't feel like an issue to me. Right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, sep- the, that separated out from the the other scenes of the film. The fighting is more personal. I mean, you, it, and you never lose track of what's going on, which always happens in the Transformers, where you don't have a clue really what's going on because it's just explosions and buildings collapsing and all of that or who's who and autobots and stuff you can't even tell which autobots right. which and you know unless it's optimus prime you know i thought that we did a really good job of you know exactly what's entailed in that fight what they're fighting for who's fighting and what the stakes are and i thought that he did a really good job of tracking that action especially that one shot where you basically we follow, follow along the, the the entire fight where we see all of the heroes fighting their individual fights and i thought it was just brilliantly staged how he did that i mean i didn't really care about the little space whale whatever those things were (laughs) i mean i could have done without that because ultimately what did they even accomplish other than be a transport for more chitauri guys and And, you know and the hulk taking one out single-handedly which is pretty cool that that was the part that kind of reminded me of transformers 3 with the the that big snake mechanical creature and then i saw that i kept thinking of it it wasn't the allspark (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um i but adding on to that it's awesome to see signature moves and like crazy combination combo moves like from all these people seeing things like iron man flies into a scene and like bounces lasers off captain america's shield to like blow up all these enemies it's like this is like so f- cool yeah. and, and it's just out now like it's just ridiculous <laughs> it's like how Joss Whedon knows these characters so well that he can, like, easily put them together in scenarios and, like, well, now, like, early on, like, well, now Thor's coming in and he's going to try and hit Cap with, with his hammer. W- let's see what happens when Thor's hammer na- rocks into Captain America's shield. What goes down then? It's just, like, all these fan moments coming to life in a live-action film where you're just like, damn, this is so cool. How, like, this movie's happening? I want to, I, this is, like... If I was eight years old, I'd be blown away, right? I'm still bl- I'm blown away now. But if I'm like eight years old, like realizing this movie's existing, like after seeing all these other movies, like this is the craziest thing ever. I can't believe that some guys put this all. He's taken all my toys and made this like amazing playset that I don't have access to, but I can apparently still watch and love. It's just so much fun watching like all these heroes interact in their various ways. Yeah, I can only imagine kids today. I mean, their heads must be getting blown. I mean, <laughs> you know the. the We've been wanting this kind of stuff for, you know, decades, and they just get to see it, you know, as a one-off for them. And it's just like, I was telling my wife that my son's never going to understand how awesome this truly is to see them all interact like this. 
Did we all did we all see this movie in 3D? Did anyone not see it in 3D? I I did not see it in 3D. I saw so it you in, saw it in 2D. Yeah, I saw it in both. What? I saw it twice. I saw it in 3D and. Abe, you saw it twice. Yeah. Good for you, Abe. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think the majority of us have seen it twice. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. 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 I saw so, it twice. So, so it was earlier than others. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> the the uh, what did we think of the 3D? I actually I was really. Excuse me. I I actually found the 3D to be pretty good for a conversion. Yeah, I thought it was I, really good. I thought it was best I, example. Of, and the, the, was, I, was, yeah. was the image dark or was it it was still bright? See, I I mean, it's, it's okay. always going to be dark just because that's the nature that's, of 3D. That's that's the I issue would, I have with 3D. Yeah, and it's well, that's also individual theaters too. Yeah, yeah, that's the same. It goes theater quality and just the the basic fact of the 3D makes things dark when you put the glasses on. But with that said, I think the Avengers is shot in a very color. Besides one, the one action sequence in the woods featuring all the guys fighting together, I think the movie overall is very bright and crisp. And I think that that worked well in the film. Which I and I'm aware that yeah, I mean, Joss Whedon knew in advance that he was going to be converting this movie into 3D, and I think he was some at least somewhat aware of how he's staging the movie and how it's supposed to be, you know playing out because I really did I really did find the 3D conversion to be really solid in this movie. I agree. I think that's the best uh post conversion I've seen. Yeah, that's me too. Another thing I wanted to mention just going back with Joss Whedon's uh knowledge of the Marvel universe and everything. It's really good and what I like is that all of these different Marvel fr- uh films, you know, the Thor and Captain America and and uh, Iron Man and Iron Man they all, it, even though they all have different directors, every single one was directed by a different person, it all kind of fits within the same universe. And I, I'm amazed that they're able to create this whole sort of story arc and, and they all kind of fit together. It's really a brilliant, I mean, all of them together really fit together well. And and Joss Whedon having to do this film in order to incorporate all those different elements. I mean, I said this before, He he's brilliant with the way he was able to juggle all of these different things and, and still fit within the, he brings his signature wit, but he still was able to work within the confines of the Marvel Universe in a way that was, you know, plays to the people who are like big fans, but still present an entertaining film for people who just want to see something fun. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. And like I said, I, the, the best thing I admire about this movie is the balance of characters. I think it does a great job of kind of establishing all these people in a film that, you know, technically has five prequels to it. But right. coming in fresh, I would say that, I mean, four, I think, is the most necessary film to see in order to properly understand this, the actual story going on. But you could still, I think, fairly well walk in and have, you know, a pretty good idea of who everybody is and you know, get into what's going on, the action. I think, it, I mean, it's very easy. I mean, Tony Stark, it's so easy just to fall right into place of how Robert Downey Jr. plays. Like, he has Tony Stark down pat. Like, that. this this might even, like, I, it could be arguably his best work as Tony Stark yet in this movie in terms of how he plays his performance just because he's so... He's 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 so in the, he's so in the shoes of his character at this point that he knows how to play him. What have I to fear? The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Yes, I've met them. Yeah, takes us a while to get any traction, I'll give you that one. But let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella, you've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. When they come, 
And they will. They'll come for you. I have an army. We have a Hulk. Oh, I thought the Beast had won that off. You're missing the point. There's no throne. There is no version of this where you come out on top. Maybe your army comes, and maybe it's too much for us, but it's all on you. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. And the same with, like, um, with, uh, with Thor, who, besides Hawkeye, might get the least to do in this film, but he... He's such a he's such a charismatic presence in being this character who's, you know, from another world. He's a fish out of water here, but he comes in. He's like, you get who this guy is. You see, you see that what he's. It'd be more interesting to see more of Thor in this movie. I was a little. I, I wish there was more in that because the the the, the relationship between Thor and Loki, and Loki. is very interesting. Yeah. It's really and like and especially in the Thor Thor's own movie in his own movie. That's a really compelling relationship, and I really liked how that worked out. And I would have been more curious to see more of that in this film, besides just them them arguing with each other and fighting. I would have liked to see more of where that relationship. I guess I'll be looking forward to that in Thor too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that was the point. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think Whedon gets just a great and you know credit to uh, Zach Penn as well, who had, does have a story credit on this film. It wasn't solely Whedon who came up with the with the story. But regardless, Whedon had the tough task of directing a film that you know features five different characters who are all coming from Thunder. Or six different, four sorry, four different Avengers with multiple other characters, all coming from different you know, film backgrounds. Like it's it's a that's that has to be a, a tough task to to take on, but he pulled it off. I, and and especially when he's got to reintroduce the characters to people that may not have seen the other movies. Yeah, and you know, and then he has to make some characters like say the Black Widow, who didn't really have a whole lot to do in Iron Man too. You know, I thought he really did a good job showing a lot more of her character in this movie yes yeah let's talk about Charlotte johansson for a second because i think because she's basically a distraction in iron man 2 <laughs> she doesn't do much to <laughs> iron man 2 is basically a distraction for the universe but um the the uh scarlet scarlet johansson she's I, I i liked her more here than i have in a long time in the in movies like i i really like like her her with whedon's dialogue just worked well for me i loved her scene I loved, I loved her scenes in general. I loved her scene with Bruce Banner, where they introduced both, where they introduced Bruce Banner's character and her interactions with him. I liked the the opening scene with her is fun too, with her being interrogated. I really I really like uh, her the Black Widow's ability to extract info from people in sort of a very passive aggressive way. I'll just yes. say I'll just say that. That's and a, she has that's, two, yeah. two one main scene and then another scene later on where she gets information and it's it's really I mean it's funny and it's. It makes you like the character, and yeah, it, it's I, I liked her character a lot more in this than I had liked her in the the Iron Man film. All right, uh, let's see. We we've mentioned Hulk a few times now, and I I am referring to Hulk and not Bruce Banner. I really liked Hulk in this yes. movie. The Hulk has some. Yeah. He, he basically has two of the two of arguably the funniest scenes in the film, but he's also <laughs> just he's just awesome. Just seeing the Hulk like take hold and like be. His, his his full CG self and the the CG seems like the creation of Hulk feels fully realized this time around and I like I like I liked the Hulk and Incredible Hulk like I think it worked well enough but here it really feels like there's just this great weight to him it just feels like he's he really just he really smashes through a lot of things and it really feels like he actually smashed through a lot of things in this film I, I really like seeing him take on just these various armies and be indestructible and just jump onto an airplane just rip things it's just awesome watching Hulk this time around for sure well that and it also actually looks like the actor who actually portrayed him for the yeah, first time too yeah. which I think makes a big difference I just think that he's more dynamic in this movie and he was you know the Incredible Hulk is, is eight too in terms of um, just his action sequences 
But in this one, you know, you get the sense that, yeah, you can't you can leap half buildings, and um, he can just take on so many things at a, an incredible pace. He's not slow at all. He's, he's like, incredibly he's fast. He's so incredible, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys know that the... It, the he doesn't speak very often uh, the, as the Hulk, but the few times he does, that was actually Lou Ferrigno. I read that, yeah. Oh, TV's I did not know that. Incredible Hulk, yeah. I mean, he, huh. There aren't too many lines, but... The few times he does speak, it is actually Lou Ferrigno speaking. I thought that was kind of cool. I was trying to catch what he said with the Loki scene, but everyone was laughing too hard. So <laughs> I, I I don't know what he said, and I, I probably have to watch it the third time just to hear. I, I could type it in for you right now. Okay. <laughs> what What do we think of Stellan Skarsgård? More importantly, what do we think of Stellan Skarsgård's crazy like half-grown beard after being possessed <laughs> by Loki for most of the week? Looks like he needed a shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some water and chapstick. I, I like this insane look at this this baby laugh. Yeah, why why wasn't Hawkeye well, now we're getting back into spoiler territory, but why wasn't Hawkeye affected the same way? Uh, he had I, chapstick. Yeah. yeah. He had chapstick and I feel he like he worked around the clock, I guess. Hawkeye's he's he's so precise that he knows how to shave his own hairs using his arrows. That's how good he is. There you go. <laughs> How cool was Hawkeye's like arrow changer thing? That was like awesome. His quiver of arrows that like. Well, they had to give him something. I mean. Yeah, but it's still cool. It's still like, really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, but I think he's fairly superfluous compared to the rest of them. You know, I have a question. I'm not. Uh, I I've never read the comics, but when I've looked up Hawkeye as a Marvel Comics character, he wears this like purple suit. He looks totally different than the way Jeremy Renner looks in the film. And I was wondering if you guys had any like insight into that. Uh, upgrade. I think that's the best. It's a little too retro. A little too retro to be wearing that purple suit, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't like think the character would have gone over well in a purple yeah, outfit. More, more streamlined with, with, in, in flow with the rest of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> okay. Did, did we like uh, Sam Jackson's uh, part in here? He got a little more to do this time around. He did. And yeah, he got to shoot I, the uh, rocket-propelled grenade. And uh, he, was, he was more subtle, but... Um, I don't know. I, I think that if there was a Shield movie where he actually had a larger role, you could kind of see more of his his uh, nuances and more of his emotions. I think that'd be a little bit better. Yeah, that's what that's actually what I want to see in a follow up Avengers film. I want to see more of Shield. Really, I want to see more of what's. I mean, there's there's so there's, secretive. Um, there's 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 a lot of secret secretive things going on. A lot of. Um, Elements that we kind of get glimpses of in this in this film that I'd be curious to see more about in in an Avengers or a Shield related sequel or follow up. I think whenever uh, Samuel L. Jackson speaks, it's like he's in a Shakespearean drama. He just brings this like gravity to every like sentence he says. So he you know he has that when he you know uh, is acting. For sure, I would say, I, I would agree with that. I think he the one of my. My, one of my problems with him in Iron Man 2 is that he plays, he very much plays Sam Jackson as opposed to Nick Fury, but I feel like in Avengers, he actually, he's playing more Nick Fury. Like, I feel like he's more, he's more confident a leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. this time around than just playing wisecracking Sam Jackson, which I appreciated. And he's also and more never, adversarial never, to the yeah. Avengers, too, which uh, is yes. more like the comics. Agreed. They aren't one big happy family. In fact, usually they don't like Nick Fury at all. Hmm. But that also brings me up to another point. I, and I think, if I remember right, in Aaron's review, you mentioned it too. Why didn't we see War Machine? Why didn't we see, you know, all of these other heroes that are in New York, say Spider-Man. I know I know for the real reason why, because they don't have the licenses, but it would have been nice to have at least a line in there explaining why it was just these guys there to save the world. 
Yeah, it's like, where's where's Rhodey? What was he doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, all of them based in New York. You know, even though I realize that they can't do that because of the licensing, but it would have been nice to. I mean, it is the Marvel Universe. I think that they could have at least said something, or or not staged it maybe in New York, maybe do it in Los Angeles. <laughs> you know, destroy they Los Angeles. Like, so out of spite, they just set it out. Let's see. Um, any other thoughts on Avengers before we wrap it up into our rating? I, I will just mention um, actor Clark Gregg as Agent oh, yeah. Bill yeah, talk, Coulson. Yeah. Uh, I, his, first, his first name is Agent, I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll just, without going into the details of like his story arc, I, I really emotionally cared about his character. Yeah, I was... Uh, I, I think it's a benefit to the fact that he's been a presence in the past Marvel films that it's important to... Important to recognize what, what, why he's there and how he affects the the film itself, and I think it does. It's a credit to Clark Gregg's his very his performance in those films and this film, which is pretty cool seeing. Like he's he's almost like the audience where he's like barely being able to hide his excitement for having someone like Captain America, who's he's like his own, is his own personal hero. Like having him like be involved in this, it's awesome. It's really cool to see that even he amongst all these other people we have in this film gets his own little arc and that's that's very sad right he's like he's starstruck like we're starstruck just seeing yeah. all these people together Plus you guys it, think it, it gives the awesome. human element too you know it's For easy sure, yeah. to forget you know when you've got the demigods and super soldiers and the rest of it and that was one of the nice touches i liked in the fight in manhattan where there's that one scene where after they, they're doing that massive fighting and you could just tell black widow is completely exhausted before she goes and jumps on the on the alien craft you know when compared to say thor and captain america that are barely winded hmm. and i thought that's a nice touch to remind people that you know there's some humans in this fight that don't have anything other than training to pull this off right. just like budapest yeah <laughs> i thought that was like a really funny callback to like uh we talk about this a lot just like <laughs> in taken where they just throw steaks on the barbecue and they're like oh remember that one <laughs> remember that crazy time we had we had to save. And you had to go home for your daughter's barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what did you guys think of the score in the Avengers? Okay, the the score by Alan Silvestri, and I like Alan Silvestri in general. I um, I think it was fine. I don't think mm -hmm. it was. I don't think it was amazing, which no. is unfortunate yeah. because it, there could have yes. been a. There's there's like there's potential for a great like unifying Avengers theme, and that didn't that didn't quite happen in this film. So that kind of bugged me a little bit. Mm. I. I Totally, yeah. I totally agree. I, I thought it was fine. I mean, I mentioned earlier that my favorite uh, superhero film of all time is Superman, 1978. That is like the film theme to end all film themes. Like, <laughs> I hear that. I hear those notes from Superman, and I just get excited. Like, I mean, they shout Superman to you. Like, Superman! It's just, it doesn't. Like, John Williams nailed it. In that right. <laughs> I feel the but same. Then, again, none of the other Marvel scores, well, other than I'd say Spider-Man, I think have been the the Iron Man ones were forgettable. It pumps you up with the music, at least. I mean, I would, there was, I would agree with there that. Was some, there are was you some talking about the score, or are you talking about like the ACDC stuff? No, the score, the score, the actual well, score of the films. Well, I mean, it it could be. You can talk about both, can't you? I mean, yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, while, 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 while Iron Man lacked that score we're talking about, there were moments where, yeah. yeah, where that music really pumped you up, and I thought. You know, although this movie kicks ass, the Avengers could have benefited from a few moments where they could have had a score or even utilized some of that stuff from this, this Avengers symbol soundtrack that, you know, there's some really good tracks on there. 
I mean, it practically tries to borrow from Iron Man by having him have his own theme music as he enters into the scene for the first time. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other Marvel scores that like I enjoy. Like I like I like Thor's score. I, like Thor, I, I, I can't, but I can't remember it. Uh, yeah, it's not yeah, one that I can like easily that's... hum, but I, I, I still, I haven't watched it recently. I mean, I've watched all of them recently. I, I like scores. So I like Captain America's theme song, like the Star Spangled Man song. I, I enjoy <laughs> that. I enjoy that song. It's very, it fits for the tone of that film. But um, yeah, but but none of the Marvel scores are like, say, the Superman main theme, exactly, where you yeah. just instantly yeah. start humming it. Exa- yes, exactly. There's that. There, there's things to enjoy about some of these past scores, but yeah, I wouldn't say that any of them have a necessary, necessarily. Um, a great memorable theme that you can easily recognize right away. I know I'm trying to, there's like one that I know is like out there that I can't think of, but um, yeah, for the most part, that's certainly the case, but yeah, Avengers didn't quite reach that peak either. So that's a little unfortunate. But I'm surprised there was no sad Hulk music, by the way. In this movie. <laughs> there was no time to be sad. <laughs> there's no time. There's no time. Even during, even when um, Harry Dean Stanton came on the screen, that would have been a nice undercurrent, but then <laughs> Best random cameo of the year, by the way, Harry Dean Stanton comes in. Yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> to give Bruce Banner a pep talk. <laughs> all right, so let's, uh, let's wrap this up then. I think we've talked about Avengers quite enough. Clearly, we all hated it and don't recommend it to anybody, but I guess we'll try to give it a rating anyway. Uh, each week on Out Now, we try to rate our films based on when you should go and see them as opposed to a number or a score or something. So our scale goes from IMAX to theater to Dollar Theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. So let's start how we started. Abe, where would you put this on that scale? I definitely think this is a theater film. You should go out and see it right away. Uh, Brian? I would definitely recommend going and seeing this in the best possible format possible, whether that's IMAX, 3D, go out and see it. Sean? IMAX all the way. Mark? Uh, it's unanimous. I say IMAX as well. Not quite unanimous. Abe said theater. But... Uh, <laughs> A- 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 thing. Theater. A big theater, twenty feet theater. rather than thirty feet. Yeah, I yeah. Go see this. Go go out. But you you probably already did, but do it again in IMAX. It's fun. It's it's fantastic. Spend be, the money. Yeah, spend it. <laughs> Don't worth. think. Just just give to Disney. Do it. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's get to our movie callback. 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 <laughs> We're uh, formerly known as Retroview, where we talk about a few films that reminded us of the Avengers in some way. And I have a couple right off the top of my head, but Abe, do you have any in mind? I did. I thought of um, uh, X-Men Origin, or not Origins. Uh, first Class. First Class uh, with the mashup. Um, but that one kind of focused more on, on uh, Professor Xavier and Magneto's relationship a little bit more. Um, but I can really, not too many others, I guess. X X Men has a good theme, kind of. I can I can I can hum that theme. The cartoon theme? <laughs> well, that, but also the movies. They, they have a unifying. And the theme. Batman movies. That's true. The Batman movie. That, we were talking about Marvel. Marvel. Movies. Yeah. Well, you can never talk about Marvel without a DC. That's true. Okay. <laughs> Was that it, Avery? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark. Uh, I mean, just all the movies that you'd expect. Uh, the other uh, movies, the superhero movies that came before this, uh, that Marvel drew on. Um, and then I, I did mention this earlier, but the there were some of the like the moments in the film that remind me a little bit of Transformers Three with the with the action sequences. Uh, Brian? Yeah, I was gonna you know also say Transformers, uh, whether it's one or three, and then the X Men. But you know, privy to what Sean said before that, I mean, we've been waiting decades for something like this to happen, and we finally got in the big screen. And I I really don't want to even call back a movie that's on a scale like this because. This is the first time, and it's epic, and I'm just embracing it right now. Sean? 
I think the closest thing that's ever come to this is Superman too, you know, where he's fighting other supervillains that are as strong as he is. Um, I don't think anything's come close since then. And I do think that that kind of set the blueprint for other movies to follow. And for me, I just think it's really interesting to see the different paths that that Marvel has taken as far as like their their franchises, which culminated with the Avengers, and then what DC's doing with the Batman series, which is a whole different direction where it's more of a darkness and Marvel's more of a lightness. Um, I, but I think that you know, like they said, the Transformers, you could definitely get a feel of that in there because of the, especially the third one where they're taking out Chicago. It's very similar to the destruction of New York. But uh, I think that the closest it, they ever came to it was probably the Superman 2. I think we're all just really curious to see when they're finally going to take out St. Louis in one of these big, giant movies. But uh, what we'll see, I guess. Um, Fresno. Fresno. Fres- yeah, Fresno. Fresno. <laughs> Hometown. That's where, that's where Thor 2 is going, I think. Yeah, yeah another Natalie, small Natalie, town in Thor 2. Yeah, Natalie Portman moves to Fresno for scientific research and Thor has to protect her. Um, the movies I thought of, I got I got three in mind. Uh, first is Serenity, which I think is justifiable given Josh Yeah, Joss that's Wien's a good point. Department. And um, just the balance of those characters in that film, that's another, you know, there's an ensemble cast in that film in the midst of a sci-fi adventure. So I think that worth, compares fairly well. Uh, the Harry Potter series, uh, like mainly like the final chapter, because that's that's a result of a culmination of, you know, seven films that led up to it featuring the entire, the same cast, which is maybe like the most, the, the, the other most ambitious film series in quite some time, in a lot of, maybe like Lord of the Rings too, but like, Having the the entire cast, aside from you know Dumbledore, since uh, Richard Harris passed away during the filming of that, like that's impressive in itself. So I th- I think those were similar in terms of combining all of these you know this whole film series into one culminating film that's you know essentially a giant action set piece for the most part, and you know relating to the characters involved and everything. And uh, finally, Ghostbusters. I thought of Ghostbusters. <laughs> And I, I think there's a lot to compare there. I think the the idea of having kind of there's some there's some dramatic stakes going on in what happens in the plot of Ghostbusters, but it's also a comedy. It's also really funny, and it combines all these different characters and has you know they're facing off against these different ghosts and like it, it has a better theme as well. But um, it I, I for when I was watching Avengers for the second time, I had for some whatever reason Ghostbusters came into my mind. I started thinking about Ghostbusters and how well this movie compared to that movie and. In a lot of pos- I love Ghostbusters, by the way. I don't think that's very obvious. I think <laughs> I'd be hard I'd be hard pressed to find someone that doesn't like Ghostbusters, actually. But um, I feel like that felt like a solid comparison. No, it's it, it's a good comparison because it's it's funny. I mean, that the, there's a lot of humor in the film, and it's it's very character based. It, yes, it is. It is character based. Yeah. And they both end in you know a giant New York battle. One features you know a giant lizard from our snake <laughs> thing from what Abe? Don't ruin my joke. One features. <laughs> You already did. So screw no, 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 no. Say it again. I'll cut it out. No, it's too. No, it's too bad. Oh, no, you missed it. All back. All back. Half, all half, back. That, half of that joke is me improvising. So you, you, you really did. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> let's talk about the box office. Let's let's go into this. The uh, the Avengers. Uh, well, we had predictions. Let's go into that first. Abe, what did you predict last week? Damn, I predicted one forty. Predicted one forty. Uh, Matt Goodman predicted one sixty. And I predicted 151. The Avengers shattered things this weekend. The Avengers made 200 million dollars and then some with change. It uh, that's big. <laughs> it, it that's the first movie to do that. Uh, biggest opening weekend of all time. 
that's pretty huge, and that's an understand. That's an understandable reason as to why Brian posed his question to begin with of whether or not the Dark Knight Rises could even match up to the Avengers. I still think it can. Oh, and that just means that there's going to be another all-time opening weekend record coming up. But yeah, because I mean that blew by the Dark Knight Rise. I mean the Dark Knight total there. Yeah, Dark Knight and Harry Potter was because it was in second place at 169. But um, yeah, yeah, Avengers is <laughs> they, they assembled some great great amount of amount of. <laughs> bucks this weekend so yeah that's staggering really that's that's a huge amount of money good on them because the movie's damn good it's damn fine entertainment so yeah it deserves it yeah and you know it's already also made you know tons of money overseas as well since it opened up in the rest of the world you know weeks prior so it's good stuff good stuff there all right so um we're gonna forego um uh, games and stuff this week, just because uh, we might do a little spoilery talk afterwards and pad out the uh, the runtime that way. So let's talk about next week. Next week comes Dark Shadows, the new Tim Burton Johnny Depp joint. As we always do, we like to make some box office predictions. So um, we tend to, for uh, Sean who hasn't been on here before, just to explain, and Brian who hasn't been on here often, uh, we we tend to predict what we think the movie is going to make next week as well as the position it will be in. With that said, what do we think Dark Shadows will do next weekend? We can start with Abe. Uh, hmm, I think it's gonna pale in comparison. I would say that it's gonna end up probably, I'll say second, and uh, fair. And it would probably make 32 million. That's a fair guess. I like that. Mark? Uh, yeah, I think that is a really good guess. I, I will say also the same thing. I think it'll be second. I, I, I think the Avengers will still be number one. And uh, I would say Dark Shadows will do 35. Okay. Brian? Uh, second and 40 million. Cool. Confidently. All right. Sean? I think it'll be second. I don't think it's going to be able to even touch Avengers for a while. And plus, I think a lot of people, other than Johnny Depp, I don't think most people are going to be that excited about it. So I'm going to go with uh, 35, I think. I'll just, for the sake of the podcast, I'll just say 34, so you're not exactly with Mark. <laughs> In case there's some weird discrepancy. Um, yeah, I'm going to say second as well, and I mean, Avengers has a very likely shot of being the first movie to get like a hundred million second weekend bonus, so it's going to be pretty intense, but I'll say, I don't know, I'll say 37, just to... Something I mean, it's that Tim Burton, Johnny Depp crowd. I mean, Alice in Wonderland made a billion dollars, so you know, I, yeah, I think the audience is true. out there. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, certainly second place, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, okay, so we'll we'll see how that goes next week. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that next week we are going to talk about Dark Shadows, and uh, also from the date we're recording this, I'm not sure when it will come out, but tomorrow we, um, Abe, myself, Mark, and a few other regulars, we're going to be recording a special summer box office uh, show where we uh, try to predict the what we think the order of the box o- of the of the summer films will be in terms of box office. Not really the numbers, but just what's going to come in first through ten. So that's a, that should be a fun one. I'm looking forward to that. Should be pretty fun. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm going to wrap this up now for, and then, you know, we'll have a little spoiler talk afterwards perhaps, but um, that's going to do it this week for out now, fair and a for anyone that's not sticking around. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, the code We can find all my written movie reviews as well as at why for all my reviews there, as well as blue reviews. And you can also find me at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. Abe. Uh, you can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com. Two animals, walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Brian. Well, obviously why And uh, 
twitter.com forward slash why so blue. Uh, Mark? Uh, you can find more of my work on my personal blog is fastfilmreviews.wordpress.com. That's fastfilmreviews, all one word, dot wordpress.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter, Mark underscore Hoban. And Sean? Well, you can find my work on whysoblue.com. And I have a personal side of Sean Ferguson's Corner of the Universe. And my Twitter handle is Sean P. Ferguson. Awesome. Okay, so uh, thanks, guys, for all coming on. Uh, happy to have every one of you here. This is pretty cool. We got a you know, big Avengers episode, so I figured do a big podcast for it. And, yeah, thanks uh, for the invitation. Oh, for sure. And um, as always, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe at iTunes at hhwlod.com. We can find our show there as well as all the other shows on that network. Uh, they're all about comics and movies and games and stuff. There are a lot of cool guys over there as well, so, you know, those shows are fun. And you can also find the newest episodes on outnow.podomatic.com. And, of course, email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com and tell Abe that clearly he needs to deal with his rage issues because he's very green these days, but it's upsetting. And you can also compliment <laughs> our guests on coming on and providing their wonderful thoughts about the Avengers and on the other stuff that we talked about today. I had a lot of fun talking about the trailers as well. And, of course, follow our uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, as well as Twitter at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. You can find all the updates there, and we tend, we tend to update often. And have all the other blog posts and things go on that page. So good, good place to go. Mm-hmm. Find more of you know, the shows and everything. So I think that's going to wrap it up for now. We're going to do maybe some talk after this, but uh, for everyone that's not sticking around, until next time, so long. And goodbye. I am. Is there anything you want to talk about? Hmm. I mean, <laughs> eh. Really up to you guys. I mean, I okay. Could, well, Tony I, Stark goes into space, Abe. He goes into space. Here's space. my here's my question yeah, about he that. He finally got his wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, here's my question about that. First of all, what about the icing issue? And then number two. Abe, he solved the icing issue. Okay. He <laughs> solved it in the first film. What? Well, his power cut out, though. Remember. He fell back. He wasn't. He wasn't in space that long. He's fine. <laughs> and don't forget, this is a new suit too. This yeah, is what Mark Seven. Yeah, this is yeah. How cool was that, by the way? <laughs> when he gets the yeah, that was seven. that was pretty badass. And he puts on like, and you kind of know what's you like have an idea of what he's just like. What's okay? I hope. This, oh, he's got like the super couplings are working for him. Like it's <laughs> super coupling. Yeah, that got a huge audience response too. That was that was cooler than the suitcase suit in Iron Man Two. It was like, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was the best one for him, though. 
of uh, you know getting the suit assembled while he's flying down in the, the yeah. air. Yeah. And he's monologuing instead of like the villain monologue. Well, I guess they're having a conversation. But anyway, um, the other thing that I, uh, again, I didn't like that robot shutdown thing, which was, uh, I felt as though that was kind of a, a bummer because they, um, well, as opposed to what? Like, what's, your, what's the other way to go on that? They just defeat all of the, the... The portal closes. They defeat all of them. Like, a, a little bit more of action sequences. Like, uh, kind of like what Sean wanted. And then... That'd be- It'd just be redundant, though, if you had just more of them fighting af- after the yeah, main... Yeah, but what, at- they, what they could have done, though... I mean, they never really explained why they just collapsed like that. I mean... Well, they, were they, 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 they established that early. Yeah, they established that early on, where they're, like, assembling them. They put... There's, like, a scene where they're, like, putting into the back of their neck some kind of crazy mechanical gizmo i don't know it would, i think it would have been better if the poor closed and they realized that they were on the road and screwed and they would have just surrendered well then you have weird aliens hanging around <laughs> no one wants weird and then you aliens. have district yeah, yeah, you have a bunch of dead aliens all over new york city what <laughs> part in the back of my mind i kept thinking about how much property damage was happening in this film and yeah. on the helicarrier especially the helicarrier because i kept thinking Oh, they have to fix all that now. That's going to be annoying. <laughs> There's all these holes in places that that Hulk's jumped through, and all the glass is broken. <laughs> yeah, and in most like in most realistic way, they the city probably would have sued the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like the Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> you owe us, you know, ten billion dollars for the destruction of Manhattan. Uh, how cool was it when Thor used his hammer, uh, used his powers to like take the um, the what was it the Chrysler Building as a giant power conductor and just zap all the aliens? <laughs> that was awesome. It was it was cool, but I was thinking, why doesn't he ever do this any other time? It takes it out of him. It's, just, it's a tough thing to do. He's <laughs> got he's got to recharge. All, just all these great moments. They're like Captain like when Captain America's like fighting against the one the two guys in the building, and like he has like there's that bomb, and like they throw the bomb at him, so he like curls up into a ball behind his shield and gets blasted yeah, out cool. the window. It's yeah, like cool. this is so cool. Like, I'm not gonna lie, this. I still really like uh, Chris Evans as Steve Rogers. You know, he's he's still very subtle and low key. There's no reason to lie. He's awesome as Captain America. Yeah, I I, I do like that a lot about him and his character in here. Again, I I, I just like how the characters didn't deviate from what we've seen in previous films. Um, and one thing I want to ask you, Aaron, is did did uh, did you see Chris Hemsworth smile in this movie? I did. Like, yeah. he had some grins. It wasn't as pronounced as in Thor. As I would in say. A... <laughs> he, he was because he arrived much angrier. Like he, he came down. He came down. He meant business. He was like, "Where's Loki? Bitch takes him out of the plane, rips him down." Yeah. <laughs> Although I love when he's like, "You want me to put the hammer down?" Yeah. <laughs> Loki had some nice quips, which I'm sure were written, but it's just like, you know, I'm listening. Yeah. It, it was very Joss Whedon-y. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very Joss Whedon-y. Yeah. Tony Stark's, all of his things, Point Break, Reindeer Game, <laughs> yeah. Legolas. Yeah. Like, Legolas, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Those actually got a, a better reaction at the advanced screening that I went to, and then during the actual film, I don't think if people really caught on to those as much. I was kind of bummed out, because I was like, those are really clever. Um uh, so. The, the, uh, the, the Galaga scene with Tony Stark. And <laughs> yeah. That was <laughs> yeah, that was great. Oh, the guy goes back to playing it. It was so. That's just. There's so much humor in this movie. It's so entertaining to watch. It's just like, oh, this is this is everything coming to life in just spectacular fashion. Definitely. I think one of the other good bits about it is also Josh Whedon um, incorporated those those scenes at the end of the movie where they have like the news stories, but they also have like the morning stuff. You know, they have the memorial services for people that have been, I guess. Uh, that have died. I, I, thing. I, I, I wish there was more going on at the end opposed to the like it would seem kind of awkward if just them like for whatever reason that the whole like they arrive on like in their cars and like Tony Stark's has a suit on with the 
took the suitcase and Loki's got like or Thor's got Loki in handcuffs. It just it felt kind of weird like how that was staged. Like yeah, it was kind of rushed. It, yeah, it did. It felt exactly. It felt kind of rushed. It felt like why wouldn't they be like on the helicarrier or something and not just like like apparently they went home, took a shower, and then arrived back in Central Park <laughs> <laughs> like, amid everybody that's like in the background. I was like, yeah. did you? Did you? Or okay, Sean, you didn't get to see the extra scene, right? Because you saw it. No, all I saw was the one with Thanos. Yeah, and Abe, did you see the extra scene? Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, it was really. It was funny. an awkward pause. Do you know what it is, Sean? At this point, do you? Or... Yeah, I know that they go back to get the shawarma. Get shawarma. <laughs> yeah, that's such a that's such a perfect like thing to end on. I really love that. So a lot. Well, I think they realized that. I mean, the the it seemed like it was missing that scene of them, you know, being together after it's all over and saying goodbye and all of that. So I'm guessing that must have been why they they got that extra scene. It yeah, it just feels like a nice funny tag at the end, especially because it's shawarma. It's such a random thing that he's talking about <laughs> it, but it's like. It's, it, it, I, and I could easily see it being lost on so many people, but it's like this. Oh yeah, they went and got shawarma afterwards. <laughs> they, they don't look too pleased, but I, I love how in the back um, where the woman's cleaning, it's like New York's best shawarma, and they just look. Uh, they just look like they they're not pleased at this shawarma at all. Well, Thor Thor was digging in on it. <laughs> okay, so let's actual spoilers for spoiler talk. Phil Coulson dies. That broke me up. I was uh, really sad about that. That was so like, oh no! Like, I kind of predicted it though. It makes perfect sense, especially in a Whedon film where he's you know he has fun killing yeah, up know, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have to agree with that sentiment about the whole entire Whedon thing. This is um, ever since that we had mentioned that, I was like, oh, it's like, well, I guess Josh Whedon says everything or everyone's is expendable. Um, so that was definitely a sad part, and especially the trading card scene. Where, where Nick Fury throws the cards, and I was like, no! They, they, I was like, what happened to the trading cards? I was like, no, they didn't forget. And then later, when Kobe Smulders is like, oh yeah, you know, those are actually in his locker. I was like, oh, that makes me feel a little bit better. But still, that was a bummer. Yeah, but th to me, that whole thing was pointless, because he didn't even need to do that. If the world ever came to be that much in danger, don't you think these guys would have banded together anyway? Yeah, they probably would have, but this is, the, this is the, you have to communicate it to all audiences scene, so Tim Nick Fury yeah. gives a Nick Fury gives a rousing speech based upon <laughs> this thing. And yeah, but I don't think it was necessary. I don't. I don't think it should have been there. It was a bummer that Colson had to be their their catalyst, though. But my point is, is I mean, other than I know that Whedon likes to raise the stakes by actually killing off you know characters that we like, I don't think it was necessary at all. Yeah, I see. Your point. I I can see that point, but I also I like the fact that there was a casualty, and it wasn't just like all these guys got oh, together. I, they yeah, had, they I understand that. If he just killed him in the in the line of service, I would have been you know I would have been sad, but that would have been a good way to show how serious this was. But the fact that he took it a step further and made the whole card thing, and you know, and I needed to give them this extra push. Well, they didn't really need that extra push. I don't think they would have done it anyway. If those aliens came down through the portal, they all would have been there to stop them, no matter what, whether Coulson died or not. I, 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 I would have rather seen this scene than. So, I mean, because you know, yeah, you know, Cap and Widow and that Hawkeye would would all band together. But I, I would have rather seen this scene where they all band together and do this because of this, as opposed to like seeing Tony Stark sulk for a while and then be like, "All right, I'll join in on this fight." Like I read, I, I was I was happier with the way this played out, and I did appreciate the the dramatic intensity of having something like this. It felt like a comic book movie. <laughs> like, hmm. uh, let's see. Uh, Colby Smulders in this movie. She she did a lot, right? <laughs> I, I think yeah. she did enough she, in terms of the Whedon stuff. I, I like how Joss Whedon she, writes. She she played um she played Sigourney Reaver's role in Galaxy Quest. 
where she reads what the computer oh, has to really? say. Oh, <laughs> that's, really? That's basically what she did. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> and that whole opening part, you know, point where she's chasing them, I mean, that was so pointless. It was obviously just to give her a little bit more screen time. Screen time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I like how Justin writes some stronger female characters. And it's, oh, like, yeah, for sure. What, what, I, what I like is that it's not reflected on it all. Like, there's, like, there's, like you see, like, the helicarrier, you see a lot of women in the in the cockpit area. Mm-hmm. It's a, that There's no attention called to that. It's just that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's, right. That's cool. There's, there's nothing, nothing to be done about that. Right. And like we talked about earlier, I mean, what he did with Black Widow, I think that was the her most interesting portrayal yet. For sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, every, yeah. But I, I really liked her characterization, and it wasn't based around the fact that she was necessarily feminine. It's just based around the fact that Joss Whedon knows how to write characters well. Right. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I think he should just be in charge of all future Marvel movies. <laughs> 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 you know, DC's got to be killing themselves, though. I mean, not only to see how it's done right, you know, that's got to be killing them because they know they're at least a decade behind them. But, you know, the fact that they had Joss Whedon set to do Wonder Woman and then it fell apart. Yeah, really, yeah. (laughs) You know, that's got to be killing them right now. I don't know why they just can't get on it. I mean, it's just, I really don't understand it. They just keep throwing back that Toad get struck by lightning line from X-Men in his face and say (laughs) no. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the one thing. Like, yeah, well, you still wrote that line. That Storm says to Toad and X Men. So there, <laughs> so anticlimactic of a line. <laughs> All right, I need to go. So let's, yeah. let's add this. But yeah, thanks, thanks, Sean, for coming on. That was fun. Uh, no problem. Thanks this- for the invitation. Stick like a serpent's love, the queen of the night machine. To the blue again Worse than I've ever been Bondage of most days The freedom of the night I waited at the corner for you By the orange lamplight Your flowers are hand grenades Your words are weapons Other than mine You speak with an innocent Chuck Norris's name is Chuck. <laughs> Chuck. Yeah, <for> sure. <laughs> 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 Chuck. <laughs> or Walker. Walker. <laughs> <laughs>